Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Ravel. Alberto launches his 2011 campaign. FPR got the runs on the board and they're kicking some really good goals, so we want them to be part of that. Top Gear takes V8 supercars. It really needs aircon. And Triple Eight wins on Saturday. That's all coming up today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. V8 Supercars have announced a major format shake-up for Albert Park. A draw will be held after qualifying that will see a selection of the field inverted prior to the top 10 shootout, jumbling the field and creating the potential for any car in the top 20 to move through into the shootout. The new format will see the fastest driver draw a position token at the completion of regular qualifying, with the tokens numbered between 8 and 20. The number drawn by the fastest qualifier will determine the number of cars in the field that will be reversed from the qualifying order. This new order will form the field for the top 10 shootout and the rest of the grid for race 1 on Friday. Tony D'Alberto has unveiled his new Ford deal, saying that he thinks the change will see him in contention for race wins this year. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really about us going to the blue side. It was more about trying to find a team that we uh, we had to, you know, great support from. So uh, we found that with FPR and uh, just happens that they've got a blue badge on the front instead of a red one. I reckon Tony is going to be a, a surprise package this year. I think the car will suit his driving style and, and they've up. You know, like there's a good vibe about it. I, I really, I reckon he'll be a, a contender in some races, and I, I would predict, say, a top ten finish in the championship, which is a pretty big call. Yeah, very strong uh, technical alliance, and that's what we were looking for. We needed uh, the support from a big team, and FPR got the runs on the board, and they're kicking some really good goals. So we wanted to be part of that. It's this is what V8 Supercars is all about. It's about appealing to the public. It's about entertainment. It's about the experience and uh, the lifestyle of the whole sport. And I think it's exemplified here in in uh, uh, the launch today. There's, there's uh, not enough emphasis put on the psychological part of this game. It's such a tough business that psychology comes into it, and this will psychologically be very good for them both and the people in the team. Stone Brothers Racing announced its endurance lineup with Irwin Racing Falcon being driven by David Brabham. While the SP Tools Falcon will see John McIntyre teaming up again with Shane Van Gisbergen. Tim Slade in the Lucky 7 Racing Falcon will pair up with Daniel Gaunt, who returns to SBR after part of a year with Dumbrell Motorsports. 
Owen Kelly will again drive for Jack Daniels Racing following a successful test this week. The Kelly brothers are buoyed by the successful testing at Winton. It's good, you know, it's good we can all learn from each other and, and work on things as a, as a team. So today for, for the whole team, it's been really good and one of the better days of working together and working towards a common goal. Kelly Racing also tested a number of drivers at their test day this week, including Taz Douglas, Tim Blanchard and David Russell, to evaluate them, but as yet, no deals have been done. Shane Price tested the Diaberto Falcon FG at Winton Motor Raceway this week, while Scott McLaughlin has revealed his new look SBR Fujitsu Racing Falcon for the Fujitsu Series. Jack Perkins has been announced he'll be driving for Sonic Motorsport in the Fujitsu Series, whilst Andrew Thompson will drive the Triple Eight Fujitsu entry sponsored by Mother Energy Drinks in the first round of the series in Adelaide. The team is expected to announce plans for the rest of the development series closer to the Clipsal event. But Thompson was just thrilled to be able to get out there. Oh, it's great to be back in the car and get some laps uh, race. Andrew Thompson there. It's also expected that Mark Scaife will get some seat time in the Fujitsu series this year. 29 cars will contest the first round of the development series at the Clipsal support race. V8 Supercars will be showing their support for the residents of Christchurch by displaying a silver fern on all the cars in the field at Clipsal. This is in place of the V8 Supercar logo. They have also announced a number of charity events tied into this year's ITM 400 at Hamilton. The greatest show on wheels is coming to New Zealand. Supercars ITM 400 Hamilton. April 15 to 17. Race by day, then rock all night. Jeremy Clarkson has had his first taste of V8 supercars last week at the wheel of the Craig Lowndes team Vodafone Commodore VE at the Holden Driving Centre in Norwell. As you expect, he was happy to share his experiences. Uh, do you know that's the most perfect car? Well, that was to get too technical. What I loved about it most of all was that every input you make is translated straight away to the car doing something. There's no laptop in between you and the rear wheels. And that's just, it's just heaven to drive a car like that. Absolute heaven. But when you've got slick tyres, because your mind says, right, I'll go around this corner at 80 kph. So you go around at 80 and you think, wait a minute, wait a minute, I could be doing 180 <laughs> here. And that's always quite funny because you're miles away from the yeah, yeah. just Brilliant thing. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it because like, we, we take it for granted. So, it needs uh, aircon. <laughs> it really needs aircon. The day at the driving centre also saw James May and Shane Jacobson get rides with Lowndes. It's one of the best race car laps I've had, actually. Okay, so there's, there's three things I want out of this car into mine. It's the brakes, those feet and those hands. <laughs> <laughs> While a number of drivers has confirmed they'll be participating in the Top Gear V8 Drivers Challenge, where they'll see the aces running in an arrow cart around a track with the fastest over three laps being crowned the winner. Lowndes talked about the event. Oh, look, there is. It's always, um, always a lot of competition when you've got your own uh, teammates and colleagues that uh, you try and beat from day to day via Supercar Land. To get the triathlon put into this style of uh, racing, it's going to be interesting. Where's that? Down in Melbourne. Your show. I talk to you live. Yeah, it's going to be and if you can't make it to Clipsal or you want to have all the information at your fingertips, check out the new iPhone app launched this week. Scratco have released a brand new television ad featuring Rick Kelly and David Reynolds, driver of the Stratco Commodore. 
and this is a Stratco V8 supercar, driven by David Reynolds. Uh, uh, expert hands only, thanks, mate. The new spokesman for Stratco and the head of Jack Daniels Racing are interesting enough speechless throughout the entire commercial. I tell you what, with a garage this big, you can start up a collection of your own. And finally, from the Brindabella Motorsport Forum comes this interesting story. Triple Eight wins a race on Saturday. No, not in the V8 supercars. But when looking to the results for the Surf to City Yacht Race, that's from Southport to Shorncliffe in Brisbane. As the usual, multis caned half the boats. It was interesting to note that a skipper named Roland Dane sailing a boat with the number Triple Eight won his class and a boat with a sail number of 88 was second in that class. The V8 Insiders checked with Roland Dane to confirm that he actually won line honours in their division as well as winning the division and the monoholes overall on handicap. Is this an omen for clips or we ask? That's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Grant Rowley and Jacob Black will join me. Then later, John Bow will talk about having your chance to drive at the mountain in a V8 race car. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from Speed Cafe, it's Grant Rowley. Good evening, Grant. And from speedtv.com.au, it is uh, Jacob Black. It's plenty of speed out there at the moment for you, Jacob. Yeah, plenty of speed. Not not enough, though. Hurry up, Susan. It is that lull, isn't it, before we get things going. But I definitely think we're seeing some testing now, and it's really the spiritual start to the season, Jacob, if it's not the official start to the season. Yep, first time we see every single one of the cars in their actual livery for the for the year. I think from memory it's the first time this year that we're going to see everyone in their actual cars for the year. So it's um, yeah, very much a, a spiritual home for, for V8 supercars. It is an Australian category regardless of where it starts off. And yeah, it's very much an exciting time for, uh, for us and, and I just wish it would hurry up. It's too long. The five-week break is too long. The five-week break is too long, uh, Grant. Do you think we're going to see an end to this starting overseas and starting so early? No way. I don't think so. I think it's going to continue like that, uh, certainly for the foreseeable future anyway. Uh, I guess the next few years we're locked into going to uh, over to Abu Dhabi for the Yas Marina circuit, and they can only do it at the very start of the year or at the very end of the year to fit in with their seasonal patterns and... I mean, we had um, 
we had Bahrain there for a couple of years in the mid-noughties where it was the the third third to last round or penultimate round and um, you know everyone whinged about that and the, the season kicks off overseas and everyone whinges about that too so uh, and you can't do it during the middle of the year the start of the year makes the most sense uh, I think for or I think for the certainly for the next uh, three years we're, we're definitely going to see this V8 season kick off offshore obviously it's a a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing by way of revenue, Grant, but it has got its problems because it was compounded this year by them not being able to schedule a race in what Jacob said was a five-week break. And and that gets you off to a start, but then it's such a big hiatus until we get going again. Yeah, look, in an ideal world, they'd have them running uh, three and four weeks apart to, to start with and uh, yeah, look. Last last year we saw the nine week break, which um, Tony Cochran said was a was a bad move and uh, something that they won't do again. And this five week break probably isn't uh, isn't ideal. But look, to be honest, it would have only been a four week break if we'd had uh, Bahrain uh, host the round that it was going to host uh, next year. But you won't see that. Would uh, I'm sure the category would will do uh, two overseas races before we kick off and. Look, they had to um, move it even a week earlier than the Yes Marina one was a, a week earlier than what it was last time. So, uh, look, it pretend to, the way their calendar could have gone, it could have been three weeks between Bahrain and Clipsal. But, look, it's not the case, and I'm sure they'll try and work it out. Um, dealing with uh, the calendars must be one of the hardest jobs that they uh, that they encounter. And I know every time I ask the likes of the Martin Whitakers and the Tony Cochrans of the world about calendars before before they're announced they're um they're very edgy about it and, and they can uh, they can get upset it's one of the uh it's one of the questions i don't really like asking so um uh yeah look it's a it's a hard job for them and um i guess it is what it is and uh you know i guess our job is to uh, to try and make the most of it while they're um while they're in their little hiatus mm. and jacob that's that's the thing there's still plenty of stories out there uh, even if you do feel like that you're making a lot of them up <laughs> i've never made anything up Craig. i wasn't talking me? about you i wasn't talking about grant i was talking about myself <laughs> no look it's um yeah there is plenty going on out out there there's um you know and there's testing and there's, there's sponsorship changes and I guess one of the things that a lot of people have focused on and, and at speed, uh, speedtv.com.au we have as well is, is on the enduro partnerships and how they're going to shake up and, and there's actually a little bit of intrigue and a little bit of confusion in there. I was talking to, to one team owner today who told me that, um, that one person was going to be driving for his team definitely at the enduros and then just as I wrote that story and hit the publish button, someone posted pictures of that particular driver on Facebook in a totally different uniform. So there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot to go on with and there's a lot to talk about. Um, but for, the, for those of us that just missed the racing, I guess, I guess that's really the frustration that comes in from us. But mm. look, there's always a lot to talk about. I guess in some ways uh, another official test day might have gone down real well in this break when they, they knew they had the big break, particularly after the success of Eastern Creek Grant. Uh, yeah, look, perhaps I guess that was one of the uh, one of the things that was brought up. Certainly not at an official level, but you know, people asking for for more of this type of stuff, and maybe they'll look at that in the 
in the future years, uh, Queensland Raceway uh, won't be available at, um, for a similar time next year because of the resurfacing which, was, which is going on, which would have gone on, uh, which should have been going on uh, except for the floods that, um, that uh, caused havoc up in Ipswich there. So, oh, look, it's just a matter of timing. Uh, you know, fitting in two tests uh, before the first round is probably not probably not viable. That would probably mean there would be no break at all between the Sydney 500 and um, and the first round. But uh, yeah, look, maybe they could uh, maybe they could do it. They could have done it uh, between um, between the first two. You know, I'm not sure. Does that really add? Is there would there be as much value? I'm I'm not uh, too certain of that. I guess if you could get. Uh in my view, you had your centralised test in Sydney, and if you could get your test in, well, I don't know Winton, but if you could get your test in Sandown or Phillip Island and or Winton and Queensland Raceway going at the same time so that you didn't have teams travelling twice, you'd think there'd be some merit in it because this week we've seen most of the teams getting out to Queensland Raceway, getting out to Winton and running round, and as uh, Jacob said... They're out there testing those enduro drivers, and I think uh, it's amazing, isn't it? Because that enduro driver rule now has really put a premium on these enduro drivers, and we're seeing, you know, not even race two, and 90% of the teams have signed up their endurance pairings, and we haven't seen that for a long, long time, Grant. It's just got to be done. It's... uh, um I think this country um, and our uh, you know guys who are very experienced in V8 supercars, uh, I think there's a lot of them, but I don't think there's 28 of them. So they've got to get out there and uh, and get their deals done as quickly as possible. And I guess the teams are are looking at their budgets. They're uh, they're looking for maximum performance and trying to balance that all up. Uh, some are going to win and some are going to lose. And I guess uh, what will come out at the end. You know, whoever they've got the best uh, combinations, usually probably not even going to win the race anyway, because uh, you know all, all manner of things can happen um, at those two races. But uh, you know, you've got to have your uh, you've got to have your best foot forward, I suppose. And um, everyone's getting that done now. And uh, I think you know, if you um, as you say, there's probably 90% which are um, are confirmed or uh, surely likely, and only a handful which still need to be done. Mm. Jacob, uh, I guess you were saying about how you're writing a story and no sooner than you publish it, someone's got pictures on Facebook and uh, and other media tweeters and what have you, tweets and what have you. And I guess that's the thing. For uh, both of you who have worked in traditional publishing and now working online, how frustrating that you can't get a story out really quick enough these days, even when you are on an electronic form of mo- journalism. Oh, for me it's not. For me it, it's actually really exciting. It's one of the things I love most about my job. Uh, the frustrating part, I guess, is, is, whenever, is when you're trying to match your words to your images. That's really the hardest part about the modern world. But then you get that problem solved for you as well with, with Twitter and Facebook when some really savvy team owners and things tweet up a picture and send you an email and go, we've tweeted this picture, it's at this link, you can download it and use it. You know, so there's... So, I guess um, the speed of it definitely has picked up, and now there's a bit of a bit of rivalry, most of it friendly, um, where we're racing each other to 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 get things up. 
Um, for me, that's exciting. We, we're motorsport journalists and we've got a little race of our own on our hands. Um, mm. I, I, I think that the social media side and everything else is, while it's showing us up when we've, every now and then when we get things wrong or when things change on us at the last minute, um, I think it's, it's added an excitement to it and it's, an, it's allowed us to engage better with, with our audience and with our readers. Mm, certainly, uh, you see the comments so quickly, not only on motorsport, but on the regular news sites where they can get three and 400 comments on a story within the first five hours of it being posted. And, you know, that's as, that's as good probably as talkback radio. I guess, look, it's, the, uh, it's, uh, it's really the, the talkback radio for the uh, 15 to 24-year-olds, I think. Mm. That's, uh, that's the way I look at it. And some of the comments that you read on there are, um, are interesting and uh, make you sort of <laughs> sit back and think. But, uh, yeah, so some of them aren't so interesting. It is talkback radio in another form. We need to take a break on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders as Jacob Black and Grant Rowley join me, Craig Ravel. And guys, with the uh, enduro seats almost filled, people are looking for the Gold Coast seats. But what intrigues me is I think the enduro drive driver rule has not only made a premium for the really good endurance drivers or non-main game drivers, I think it's finally done what they've been looking for for years, and that is really give the uh, Fujitsu series that shot in the arm to capture the people's attention. And uh, Grant, I, I know that I've always wanted to have or to allow non-championship teams to be able to poach uh, main game drivers and let them run in cars for no points, but just for the uh, money. But now we're seeing with the enduro lineup changes that uh, we're going to see Mark Scaife, Andrew Thompson, last year's main game driver. We're going to see all these guys jumping into cars just to get their miles up. It certainly will make for an extremely interesting Fujitsu series. Uh, look, I guess at the, the hearts and minds of the fans will always uh, only have the championship, um, you know, at the forefront. But it's great that for. Uh, for the hard course that the Fujitsu series will really have, um, you know, something to to um, to really watch for and look at. And look, not only do we, are we going to see perhaps the likes of, um, well, certainly Triple Eight will be in there, but you know, perhaps Mark Scaife might be might do a round or two. Um, but we're also seeing great sponsors come through as well. Monster Energy drinks to support Andrew Thompson's Triple Eight car, uh, and um, you know some. Some uh, good chat about uh, what what could uh, uh, Nick Perkett's uh, backer be for his Walkinshaw Racing entry. Uh, again, another great team and another very promising young talent uh, to compete. The uh, the whole game is um, slowly changing and uh, changing for the better. Jacob, what's your thoughts on the Fujitsu series? Yeah, it's, it's great that it gets that interest in there. I've I've always had this little bugbear about. Um, 
about main game drivers in the development series and I guess I get that from NASCAR from watching their main game drivers just go in and win every nationwide race, their second tier race. Um, and so I certainly hope that that's not the case. But if it brings the money and it brings the exposure and it gives more people an opportunity to go racing, that's a really positive thing. And one of the other things is it's not only affected the Fujitsu series, but I think there's more depth and more commitment and more money as well in that new push, in the, you know, the reborn um, Carrera Cup. Um, and that's spilt over as well. And I think that's got a lot to do with the endurance driver rules as well. So it definitely has had a big impact in terms of broadening um, Australian motorsport and that's got to be a positive thing. Mm. It is going to be interesting to see just some of the names that might pop up there throughout 2011 and uh, well it can only be for the good as you've both said. Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8 Race Experience. Find out how you can drive at Bathurst this Easter at v8race.com.au Guess and Go is brought to you by V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine with some great stories, including the development plans for V8 supercars overseas and, of course, that sale. Well, I know, Grant, you're calling it the sale of the century, but uh, it is an interesting time in V8 supercars. Guess and Go, five questions, three minutes. Can we do it? Grant Rowley, does the Ford and Holden split matter anymore as it's got a bit even because uh, D'Alberto's jumped ship. It absolutely matters and, and I hope that it always matters. For me, I hope we have more manufacturers join the game and uh, whether it's because it's a manufacturer or whether it's because it's just another sponsor adding to the series, that's fantastic. But look, it still matters because uh, the essence of Australian motor racing is based around the Ford and Holden rivalry and look fingers crossed that remains the same and you know we throw a couple of extra in there uh, that's fine by me. Mm, Jacob? It still does matter and and like Grant said I'm really looking forward to seeing some other people jump in some other manufacturers but that Holden Ford rivalry is a big part of a big part of the sport, a big part of the tribalism. I think it's probably got a little bit more relevance to, to some of the older fans who have been around for a little while longer, but I think it's something that will filter through and continue, and, and that's why V8 Supercars fans spend more um, per fan on merchandise than any other sport in the country, which is a pretty significant uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Oliver Winterbottom has arrived. There's a little tander on the way. Do children change V8 Supercar drivers, Jacob? Having never been a race car driver and never had children, I honestly wouldn't know. I've, I've got the feeling that it wouldn't. Um, just, just I don't, I don't think it would. Um, I, but again, I think it would depend on the person. I'm going to sit right smack bang on the fence on this one. All right. I'm sure Grant won't get any splinters with his answer. <laughs> um, oh, it's definitely going to change them. Um, you certainly get a few more bags under your eyes and sleepless nights and... Uh, you're pretty much worrying every second of the uh, of the uh, the rest of your life. That's certainly my uh, that's my case at the moment with little Junior uh, Rowley. But um, in terms of performance, you know they throw the helmet on, and if they're any decent race driver or any decent sportsman or whatever, once you're out on the playing field or once you're in your workplace, you're you're totally dedicated to um, to doing a job. And if you've got time to think about um, did I change the nappy before I jumped in the car, then probably not going to be setting the fastest lap of the race. Um, for Frosty, there won't be a problem 
Tandon, no drama. And um, James Courtney's got uh, two youngsters and he won his first title this year. So, uh, yeah. if anything, it gives you a little bit more incentive to push through the day. Mm. Grant, talk Actually, to that's you. a really good point. It's, uh, I just want to jump in because Casey Stoner got his first MotoGP title right after he got married. So maybe he's starting to get some stability and maybe kids are a part of that. Will help. Not so many late nights up chasing around the skirt, perhaps, is the difference. <laughs> top, top Gear taste V8, tasted V8 supercar. I'm going to start that again. Top Gear tasted the world of V8 supercars this week. How much do you think that footage helps the series internationally, uh, Grant? Uh, oh, massively, I'm sure. He's uh, Jeremy Clarkson's one of the world's most recognised uh, motoring journalists of all time, and uh, hopefully that footage was beamed around, uh, you know, as many places as possible. Um, the BBC. Um, have, uh, have have the rights to uh, have the rights to it, and hopefully they used it to, to maximum effect. Uh, it was it was a good thing. Jesus, it'd be great for him to do a, to do a proper test, and you know maybe have incorporated it on on a on the, the regular Top Gear program. But uh, it was just used for uh, promoting the the Queensland event, the uh, Queensland Top Gear live event. Uh, it'd be great to have him jump in the car and do one of their proper features uh, with him with him driving the car or the stick driving the car or whoever. Um, so, uh, look, it, it, it certainly can't can't hurt. Um, just uh, hopefully they've, they've used it correctly. Jacob? Yeah, it's going to help internationally. It's the most watched television show in the world. It's got a bigger fan base. And, um, you know, we, we do all sorts of things in this category. We get in rock stars. We get in... Um, ageing rock stars, we get in a whole lot of different things to, to broaden the appeal and, and nothing's going to do it as effectively as a show with a reach and also a relevant reach the way that um, Top Gear has. Mm, I can't wait till Pink meets up with Jacob Black. Ageing rock star? Well, Clipsal <laughs> has an iPhone app. Is there nothing that's not available online these days, Jacob? No, there's not. Every single thing is available online, and um, and you'd know that if you've if you've ever Google searched anything inadvisedly, um, you'll know that everything's available online. And look, sometimes it's overdone. I think that sometimes people throw things up a Facebook page or whatever just for the sake of it. I think I've been guilty of it in the past. Um, and some things are really well done. Uh, I haven't seen the Clips of iPhone app yet, but I know that there's a lot of um, their supercar. Um, content available in new media and on the internet and and it's really engaging especially for those gen y fans and i think it's a really positive thing um i just there are some things i wish weren't on the internet raleigh uh, the internet certainly ain't going away so uh i think the v8 supercar community as jacob alluded to there has embraced the um the using the internet for we were talking about and and viewing its motor racing content uh, quite well and you know maybe one of the best one of the best in terms of all, all the sports that we uh, that we have in the country. Mm. It's uh, look, it's not going away. It's here to stay, and uh, you know these applications and all this are only going to get bigger and better and more in depth and. Uh, this is just the start. Yeah, of course you can listen to the V8 Insiders on your iPhone as uh, well as you see fit. Should Clipsal Rowley be returned to the opening round of the championship? 
don't know if I necessarily have a the. Uh, let me start that again. I don't know if I necessarily have a great uh, desire to see the championship start at any particular track. I, I, to be honest, uh, wherever they decide to go and wherever they decide to send me is where we'll go. And uh, to be honest, full stop. I, I'm not. I'm not fast uh, starting overseas. Starting at Adelaide. It doesn't really matter. It's uh, the, the cars running around. It's the, the drivers and the uh, it's the drivers and the teams that make the show, and it doesn't trust me. Mm. You're sounding more and more like Tony every day. There's no sacred cows, Jacob. Should this sacred cow be put at the head of the field? Oh, I'd love to see it there, but at the end of the day, there's a whole lot of commercial reasons why it's not, and I don't have a real problem with it. As Grant said, the Clips of 500 is such an epic race, you know, and. Time after time you hear drivers say with an absolute straight face that it's the hardest race of the year, and that includes Bathurst. And so for me, um, you know, it's a little bit like Dakar. You can shift it, but it still means the same thing. And so I think that Clipsal's position on the calendar doesn't impact Clipsal's, um, the gravitas of, of Clipsal as an event. So um, I'm comfortable where it is. I, there's a little bit of my heart that would love to see it first, but I'm pretty comfortable with it how it is Mm. well that's gas and go for another week brought to you by the latest edition of verdex magazine it is in stores now gas and go is brought to you by the v8 race experience find out how you can drive at bathurst this easter at v8race.com.au And that's it for the round table this week my thanks to grant rolly of speed cafe thanks for having me and also to Jacob Black from speedtv.com.au. Thanks for having me too. It is great to have both of you on the show. After the break, we speak to John Bow about the mountain and talks to us about uh, getting your chance to drive around the mountain coming up this Easter. I hope you'll stay with us. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. I was lucky enough to catch up with John Bow, who's no stranger to Mount Panorama, to talk to him about the opportunity of race fans get to actually drive around the mountain in racing conditions with V8 Race. There are a couple of things that happen up here, which you bring your own car. It means you've got to obviously have a, enough money to, to be able to run it and repair it and fix it and get it ready for a track day and things. I mean, racetracks are much harder on cars than roads so but this is the first time you can actually turn up the, the v8 race cars are proper cars proper race cars they've got all the safety gear in them they've got proper roll cages they've got proper racing tires and you know proper harnesses and all that sort of stuff so so they're you know they're, they're made for the job and about it you know, the only other thing I can think of and liken it to maybe like in, in Germany at the Nürburgring, I think you can do some things there, but not to this extent. So it's pretty unique, I think. 
My thanks to John Bow there, Grant Rowley and Jacob Black as the checkered flag waves over another edition on the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.